Hi, I'm Teresa Duncan. And I'm Kevin Henry. Welcome to Chew On This. We are excited to bring you our views of current topics in the dental industry and put a little different spin on them, giving you something to chew on. If you need to jump off, be sure to check the show notes for links as well as how to get in touch with us. And now let's give you something to chew on. And we are back for another episode. What's up, K-Dog? All good, Teresa Duncan. Good summertime here in Colorado. What about you? Yeah, it's good. It's not so bad. It like is, uh, it's been very active in the, the neighborhood, let me just tell you. Oh. Everybody and their brother is out and about, which means the dogs are howling and barking gonna, at pretty much everyone. We're so. going to have some uh, input from the, the mascots today, I believe. Oh, yeah, they're all snoring right now, so hopefully uh, the deep sleep continues. <laughs> so, now we were talking in the pregame, and you were saying that there's an article you want to discuss, and when you told me what it was about, I said, ooh, this might be a single story episode. What you got, K-Dog? You know, I thought it was really interesting, because you and I both hear about the hiring crisis in dentistry. We've talked about that on this podcast, and, and one of the biggest job applicant pools that is out there are those millennials. Oh, those millennials. Those we millennials. know. <laughs> is Noah considered a millennial? Uh, he's uh, definitely in a class all by himself. I'm not <laughs> sure. No, he's Gen, uh, what's the new Gen Z? Is it Gen Z? Gen Sigma Chi right. or something. I don't oh, know. Hey, so, according to the official terms, Julia is, but I know she's a little bit older than Noah as well. But anyway, all that being said, the University of Missouri at Columbia has done a study about millennials. Mm. You know, we always get these ideas in our head that, you know, and I think about all the workplaces and them riding around on scooters or throwing darts or, you know, all the different things that we kind of picture a millennial workplace looking like. And they say that is absolutely not the case. Their study says that what millennials want more than anything else is that they want to have respectful communication in the workplace over trendy work perks. And I thought, how interesting is it that this young generation is wanting to make sure that, A, they can talk and learn from each other, but they also want to make sure that it's something that they're not looked down upon or that with this whole generation clash that's going on in dental practices right now, it's interesting to me that these, this study says that they want to be included in things, they want to learn, and they want to feel like that they're a part of the culture. So this whole generation thing has always been interesting to me because I, I don't know if that's a complete, I don't know if that's a firm thing, Kevin. I know that you've done a lot of yeah. talking about this. This is one of your favorite topics. And I know that you make a good case. Lisa Copeland was just on my other podcast and she makes a good case yeah. about it. But I also feel like there's old souls out there. Like Noah, I just looked it up. He Absolutely. is Gen Z, but he's probably more of a boomer than anything, for crying out loud. I don't know. What do you think? I, I agree with you. And and I think that we we as a society, this is me, my old man shaking fist at cloud take here, so get ready. <laughs> but I, I think we as a society have, have gotten way too easy at boxing people into certain things. Oh, they're this age, so they must think this. Oh, they're from this area, so they must think this. Mm -hmm. and, and I think that we've got to get past that, especially whenever it comes to hiring. And if you see somebody who's 25 who's applying for a dental assistant position, you don't automatically go, 
oh, I don't want to hire that person because, gosh, she's going to start a family. Gosh, she's going to want time off. Gosh, she's going to want different things. Until you really get to know that person, you don't really know what they want, what their career goals are. Right. So I think that we've got to look past this whole, I've got to find a qualified dental assistant. I hear that so often from people. And I think it's about finding a quality person and then helping that person learn the skills that you want them to have to fit the needs of your practice and your patients. I mean, listen, qualified really just means what? Breathing, opposable thumbs so that you can hold you know, an instrument. That's qualified, <laughs> right? Like, I, I agree. <laughs> but but I think that so many dental practices are like, oh, well, I want somebody who's got 10 years of experience. And da, da, da. I'm like, you know, that's that's not today's world. No. Our, our world has changed whenever it comes to the applicants that are out there. And if that's who you're looking for, that job opening is going to last a really long time. And actually, let me clarify. I'm not saying that there is nothing to this generation thing, because I, I can see there are clear trends with generations. Sure. But I think what you're saying about let's try not to box them in. I think when you talk about the workforce as a whole, I think that could be appropriate. But on an individual level in your office, it's not necessarily the case. Same thing with you know, these personality tests, it's you can take the personality test and give you a good idea. But if they do something that's contrary to what they typed as, you can't get mad at that. People do different things, right? And they react different emotions, different days. Absolutely. All that. Oh, yeah. You've talked about that. If they're one type that if there's stress put on them, they react in certain ways. And the other thing I was going to say is there is a common statement I hear all the time. These young people don't have work ethic. They don't like to work hard. I hear this all the time. And my pushback to them is, man, I have met some old office managers my age, around my age, that are lazy as hell. So it cannot be that the younger generation doesn't work. Uh, Yeah, I think if you paint with a very broad brush, you're going to get a really bad painting. It's just that simple. And and I think we can't say, well, all baby boomers think this way or all millennials. No, it's not the case. And I think that's where the respectful communication from the study really comes into play is that you've got to get to know that person and don't go in with any preconceived notions. And and I know, my God, in today's society, that's hard. I, I know it oh, is. I know, right? Well, let yep. me ask you, just kind of making it a little bit fun. Is there one preconceived notion that you have that you know to be true, but it's just because of anecdotal. And I'll I'll give you an example. Everybody I've ever hired that's come from upstate New York, which believe it or not, for some reason, they like to relocate in DC. Everybody that I've hired from upstate New York, Syracuse, Rochester area, hardest workers I have ever, ever met, smart and hardworking. Honestly, if I see somebody from, from upstate New York on a resume, I'm like, hey, this is great. But then if you talk to somebody that lives in upstate New York, they're probably like, oh, these people suck. They don't show up. They don't do this. You know, So, <laughs> you know, for me, that's true, but maybe it's not for other people. Is there one truism for you? Wow, that's a really, I may have to think about that one. Uh, while you were saying that, I was Well, let me give you another one. I got plenty of them. Okay. So anybody who comes from a medical office, somebody, anybody who works in a medical office as a receptionist, I'm very, I don't give them a lot of consideration. Because in medical offices, they don't seem to stress uh, customer service. So if you come from the billing section of a medical office, yeah, I'm going to talk to you. But the receptionist part, and that's not really fair because receptionist, she might be the one or he might be at an office that is like super customer service, but 
I'm already kind of prejudging. So there's, there's mine, but I've never been proven wrong when I've taken a chance. So to me, that's a, that's a belief. That's a tenant that I'm going to hold on to. Okay. So I'll throw one at you. And I've, I've heard this cause you know, as you know, my wife's trains on software trains on a lot of things uh, in the dental practice. And invariably, there's somebody in the practice who says, oh, I already know how to do that. And, oh, and they kind of yes. dis- they dismiss that she might actually have a different take on something. And they just kind of shut it down. And she's always got to push through that barrier to actually teach, uh, you know, and it, invariably every practice has that person. Yeah, that's actually the one you need to watch out for. And even if you're training a new employee, if somebody says to me, oh, yeah, I know how to do that. You can't go, oh, OK. Because they may know how to do it in the most like illegal way possible, you know. So you you have to make sure that that they know what you're talking about. And honestly, yeah, Dana's a saint for doing that kind of stuff. All the consultants we work with are saints because you uh, always have somebody in there that's like, uh, I can do this better, and he's just paying for you to be here. So I'm just going to suck it up and smile. There's always that one. I want to hit one sentence that really jumped out at me about this study, and I know you're going to put. The- we're going to put the link to it out there. Sure. But there's one that really, one of the researchers from the Novak Leadership Institute, and she's also a professor of strategic communication in the Missouri School of Journalism. My goodness. Missouri is like the creme de la creme of journalism. Oh, there's is that just, so? Just, oh. It is. Just Never a little knew. tidbit there for you. There you go. Okay. We, you win a bar bet with that one. <laughs> but she says... There's a giant risk for employers if they don't help employees have a sense of purpose and a sense of well-being and engagement. And I thought, you know, that's really an important thing for people to think about is do every one of their employees feel like they have a purpose? Or do they feel like, you know, as they said, as you said earlier, they've just got opposable thumbs and they're a heartbeat. I think it's really important that if you haven't done that, to sit down with team and say, Here's what you're responsible for. This is kind of your kingdom right here. And we really need you to rule that kingdom strongly. And and I think we all need to hear that there's something that we're responsible for to give us that whole get up and get going. And I agree completely. The one mistake I see, though, is that when you have them work towards a purpose, a lot of managers and dentists take that purpose to mean goals, financial goals, like Yep. Here's your goal. We need to make this, this, and this. And ooh, good job if you make it, which is, you know, you celebrate that and you feel good when you're a numbers person like I am. Very, very exciting to hit your numbers. But what we're seeing, especially with people younger than us, Kevin, is that they want to be part of a larger community. They like to be involved in bigger things than themselves. And so if you only tie it to the practice success, it's not as impactful as you think it is. It, that whole mission, vision, overarching thought of impacting the oral health of the community. I feel like that's the goal that maybe that we're looking at, maybe make our community a healthier place. But I think a lot of doctors and managers focus in on the numbers and then think, well, that's going to help us be that. Like that's a secondary goal. So I just would challenge people to revisit that conversation with your employees if you think that might be a message you're sending by mistake. And I know some of you are rolling your eyes about, oh, we change lives. Oh, you know, we impact people daily. But you know what? That's the kind of thing that I can tell you, I'm just going to use my daughter as an example. That's one of the reasons why she got into physical therapy is because she could help people. And, and this generation thinks it's very important to be able to change the world, to make it a better place. 
And Teresa, you and I both know that dentistry is a great place to make the world a better place. Absolutely. You are, I mean, any, anybody who spent years in a dental office knows the feeling of a patient crying when they get their tooth fixed or their bite restored. And it feels funny to hear people say that if you've never had it, but when you've actually hugged someone because they're crying and sobbing that they can finally smile or they can finally, you know, talk without feeling like they're embarrassed of their teeth. It's a, an amazing feeling, amazing feeling. But that whole feeling of, you know, of accomplishment is not just in dentistry. Like you were saying, like even thinking about Noah when he was in Boy Scouts, helping out the younger Scouts achieve their badges and all of that. I mean, he was, it was like he was riding a high. He was so happy. So I can see that being something that carries on into the workforce. And honestly, just giving an anniversary, year anniversary gift, that's nice and all, but what about every day? Have you said something every day to that person? Yep. When you and I talk around the country, you know, you know you've heard me say it a million times, the dental assistants, I do surveys all the time. And the number one thing that they want to hear every day is thank you. You know, they, they don't, Eat a raise. I mean, they they'd love a raise. Don't get me wrong. Right, right. But the thing that that they value the most is knowing that they're appreciated. What's your best boss when you were in the workforce, other than being employed by Kevin Henry LLC? What was your best boss? Oh, that guy. You can't trust him any further. Than you're going. <laughs> Gosh, I remember. You know, when I was in high school and and had and had a job, and obviously knew it wasn't going to be a career path or anything. But it was something that I got up every day and we had not only a goal to meet, but it was also something that you felt like you were making a difference whenever you did that. And, you know, it was as silly as just just cleaning up some things. But still, even as a high schooler, I took that to, you can sit back at the end of the day and go, this place looks a heck of a lot better than it did whenever I got here. And it was also involved in some low-income homes where... Uh, in the area where I live. Oh, see, that's good. That makes a difference in the community. But that was, you know, 1985. You know, I mean, so even back then, I think that it's important to people to be able to help, to make a difference. And maybe I'm overgeneralizing that too. But I I think all of us have something in us that we want to make something better. No, that's that's actually pretty cool. Because honestly, when you're doing labor too, that's like backbreaking. I think, honestly, that actually gives you a little bit more of a better feeling. Um, just watching Noah and Norman doing their stuff and projects and stuff like that. Like, I can get a sense of pride, but they're like sense of pride and they can go take a nap. Like, they're super excited. <laughs> That's right? a good reward, I'm telling you. <laughs> I know. After every coaching call, I wish I could take a nap and celebrate. That'd be great. Uh, <laughs> I mean, my best boss was obviously my, my last employer. He's the best. Sets the bar really high for a lot of employees. But really, the one thing... Because he was always concerned if we were okay. And he did thank us every day at the end of the day, always thanked us. I was surprised when I went out in the world and realized that didn't happen with other dentists, you know? So, and when it was dark out, he wanted to make sure that we got to our cars. I mean, little things like that. But also I saw how good he was with the patients and that made me very proud to be a part of his team. So throwing him aside, thinking about any offices that you're working in, you know, people who are listening... When you say that you work for Dr. Ford, are you proud? Do you really take pride in the things he or she does? Because that's how you're going to get good pride. You can take good pride in making sure your claims get paid all day. But when you're really proud of the office that you work in, that makes a huge difference. That's such a good point because, you know, again, going back to how we started all this, the hiring crisis. So many of the practices who are having a hard time keeping people 
don't realize it's because the practice has a problem. It has a, a reputation. It's haunted. It's it's haunted. Bad leadership. Bad juju. Yes. Yeah, so <laughs> going outside of dentistry for a second, Kevin, you and I have worked with a couple of tech companies in dentistry. And you know, the tech companies in general, Google, all the other ones, they have like huge play areas in their yeah. companies, right? And they have like free food, cafeterias, they have basketball courts set up in the middle of an office. And and there's uh, one company in particular that is in Salt Lake City that I'm thinking about. And they have, yeah, they have gamers, they have ping pong, they have video games, uh, they have a kitchen that would just, I mean, it's ridiculous. Maybe when they read this article, they're thinking, wait a second, do we not need to spend all that money and all that time? I got to tell you, that company has turnover. Yeah. People say, oh, I love to work here. and They still have turnover. So I don't want to work in a cool place. I want to work in a place that values me, pays me well, and, and respects me. That's the gist of your article. It is. You want to work in a place that you can separate work from home as well. You're not going to take things home with you, be frustrated or whatever it might be. You can actually say, you know, it was a good day or, well, it was just a day. But the, either way, you were with your family or you're with your friends that evening. It's funny because I was just reading another article, and I'll have to link this too. And we didn't talk about this ahead of time, but it was warning signs that your workers might quit. Oh. What if like your game room is too loud? Like what if you can't work because somebody's dribbling a basketball next to you all day? <laughs> I, I try like, why would I walk away? Yeah. Tell me what, what what would make you walk away? I think it would have to be a toxic place. It would be somewhere that if if it's somewhere that it's clicky or it's somewhere that I don't feel like I would fit in or that I have to be gossipy to fit in there. I wouldn't want to stay at that place. So you're talking like mean girls type thing. Yeah, exactly. Because here's the thing, Kevin. Mean girls is a real thing in dentistry. Oh, I believe that. I absolutely do. I just read something on a Facebook group. One girl said, I'm leaving this group because, you know, the, some of the responses are very surprising and they're hurtful. Uh, I guess she had asked a question that wasn't well received. I don't know. I didn't scroll that far down. But the responses to her were... There's mean girls everywhere and, you know, you're going to have to be used to, you know, basically it was a, sorry, you have to feel this way. And then the other side was suck it up. There's mean people everywhere. And I'm like, wow, this girl, come on. Yeah. There's mean girls everywhere. Yes. But honestly, if you're in an office with a ton of mean girls, I would leave. Mean girls are not worth it. They will suck the life out of you. Again, you know, sorry to all of the dental practices listening to this right now, but your employees have more options than ever to find somewhere else if they don't want to be part of the Mean Girl Club or whatever mm -hmm. it might be. So that's something I think that's got to be addressed in a practice is your culture. I really do. I'll repeat one thing that I was talking with Brian Laskin about, you know, our friend at Opera DDS. Yep. He interviewed me for a podcast. He said, what's something that doctors should know? And I said, listen, if you have an employee that seems to have outlasted everyone, and it was because everyone else had a problem, and that person has been there forever, I saw him and I said, what's going on, Brian? He goes, this hurts. This hurt. Like, he basically was like, this hit too close to home. But it's true. There's doctors, if you have that one employee where everybody else has a problem. That's great. I call them the alligator of the practice because they are prehistoric. They've been there since the beginning of time and they are not going away and they are an apex predator. They will eat up everybody that you put in front of them. That is a great analogy. You need to call in the crocodile hunter. That's not Crikey. me. But you need to call in the crocodile hunter. You need to show, what is that thing that he used to say? 
Crocodile Dundee. That's a knife. That's not a knife. This is a knife. Remember that? <laughs> of course. I have to link that YouTube scene. So the people who are super young are like, there they go again. These are the four warning signs that your workers might quit. Let me just go ahead and, and we don't need to go too Good. deep into this. I think it's pretty self-explanatory. Deteriorating work productivity. So watch out for a decline in the quality of the employee's work and an unwillingness to commit to long-term projects or meet deadlines. So the quality of somebody's work, for sure. If they start not caring about instruments being clean, or if they start not caring about working the aging reports, they just don't care. They're just getting through the day. So that makes a lot of sense. Distancing from the team. When an employee is acting like less of a team player by being less sociable and offering minimal participations during the meeting, it can mean they are getting ready to jump ship. So can I just chime in on this one? Absolutely. When you have your prehistoric office manager that we're just talking about, right? Is that the, is that the alligator hiss? That's it hilarious. Is. And when I say they stop participating during meetings, the alligator manager will not even know because the manager talks the whole meeting. It's the manager's meeting. She has things that she needs to say. She has goals that she needs to set for you. She has things that she needs to tell you about how bad your performance is. So she's not even going to notice if you don't speak up during the meeting. So bad, bad gator right there. That's a great point. I like it's that. It's true. And I tell you, it when is. I started out as a manager, I was I was a little bit gatorish. So I like to think I've evolved. Maybe. Were you like a Loki alligator or? Yeah. His, his was still strong though, but. It's <laughs> <That's funny. laughs> We have lost the plot. All right. <laughs> Low motivation behavior, Kevin. When an employee shows signs that they just aren't interested in being there, I love this because honestly, sometimes articles today need to be sent back to the editorial board. Listen to this sentence structure. When an employee shows signs that they just aren't interested in being there, it could be a big clue that they are about to give their notice. Okay. If they're not interested in being there, that's just a big clue. Period. Yeah. If not Mike, it is. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) The red flags to look out for include leaving work early, arriving late, being hard to get a hold of during work hours. Of course, that applies to non-dentistry. Well, actually, maybe the managers that are working from home, taking last minute time off, less effort on projects and exhibiting less enthusiasm for the brand. These are the folks that are like shuffling down the hall to like get the instrument. I don't want to be here. Yeah. If you have a full waiting room and this person's just kind of moseying along, that's low motivation right there because they don't care if your patients get seated. No, No. Who cares if you're on time? Doesn't matter. Exactly. So they're probably, you're probably not on time because of this person, but that's a whole different conversation. Fourth point, decreasing manager interaction. Ah, here's the crocodile piece. Ah. Actually, I didn't read all four. I just, (laughs) this is my favorite thing you do. (laughs) When a manager is the reason an employee wants to find a new job, pleasing that manager is no longer a top priority. Some employees may become more vocal about why they are unhappy With their manager, they also may file several complaints against their manager in the hopes something will be done. And if employers don't take these things seriously, they're going to see the backs of many of their workers. Ooh, got a little bit heated there. The backs. But you know what? Dentists, when somebody comes to you with a concern, you got to respect that because it took that person guts to come to you. I mean, and if you just say, oh, well, let's see if it works out, forget it. Well, and this is when you've really got to worry if you're a dentist and you walk out of the room. What's that team member saying to the patient? You know, are they really backing up your treatment plan or are they going, eh, you could probably wait on that. Can you imagine? What if what if a doctor walked out of the room and the assistant was like, listen, he's being a jerk. He just needs another car payment. You don't need this. Can you imagine? Oh, my God. I can imagine, actually. I can imagine. 
I can tell you I've heard of that happen, where the, the assistant absolutely has submarined because she and the dentist have either had a fight or that assistant's getting ready to leave anyway, so what does it matter? I've heard office managers saying he's going to raise his fees in January, so you better get in before oh. it gets too high. Yes, wow. I've heard that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was a shocker right there. <laughs> I'm so glad for recorded phone calls because we would never have heard that one. Holy crud. Yeah, but you know what? She didn't care. She knew it was recorded. And there are some people that don't. If you're a manager and you're feeling like your person is disconnected, not there anymore, and you don't know if there's anything personal going on, because personal problems at home definitely make a difference. If you never ask and you just assume that's that's a problem, you need to change your way of thinking, you need to get in there. What if the manager doesn't care enough about the assistant who doesn't care enough? That's a, that's a problem right there. Don't you think it goes up the chain, though? Like, if a manager doesn't care about the assistant, maybe it's because the manager doesn't care about the office in general. Like, she's just oh, kind of yeah. like, eh, you know, patient shows up, patient shows up. I'm getting paid either way. I'm just punching the clock. That's the worst right there. I was going to say, talk about punching the clock. I don't know if you hear Odie back here moaning and groaning. He's not... He's the worst employee. All he wants is his food. He's moaning because he hasn't he hasn't been paid yet. <laughs> I am wondering, with a lot of states considering universal basic income for certain classes of people, if that expands, that makes it worse. So you know about California, right? Right. For uh, people coming out of the foster system and I think expectant mothers or new mothers, there's a class of mothers, <laughs> either expectant, single, I'm not sure. I have to look into it, but they're actually going to be getting anywhere from 500 to 1,000. Is it a month or a week? I don't know. And there's other states that are considering it too. What does that do for the job market in those states? Maybe we need to step up the appreciation levels. Yeah. You and I have talked about how when COVID hit, a lot of folks were like, you know, I'll be right here and I'll be fine at home. Thanks. And that's one of the reasons why the crisis is what it is today in dentistry. It's a problem. So I think that that goes back to knowing what would it take for that person to actually want to get out of bed and come into your practice every day? What is the motivation there? And sometimes you're actually going to need to ask that. You know, you're going to need to have respectful communication yeah. about that and see what it is that really motivates and drives that person and what their career goals are. You know, I mean, a lot of things where you just take some interest in the person can be kind of a preemptive strike on them saying, you know, I'm good. I know how to make your workplace the best. Ooh, Ready? 80s WWE on the TV at all Ooh. times Ooh. and Diet Coke. Yes. And, right? and if you could have the dental practice next to an In-N-Out burger, then that would be just fantastic. Oh, if how you could I work... miss the In-N-Out burger? You know, I, you, I thought we knew each other. <sighs> yeah, I thought you were going to be respectful with your communication, but now you just get a... <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> I just demotivated you. <laughs> I'm out. Damn it. Wow. No. All right, then. Now, let's what see. about you? What? Let's see. What would motivate you? Let me think. What do you think? Uh, well, I think you and I would probably be watching the same TV channel. Yeah. Well, I could flip it over to some MMA every now and then. Yep. And yep. you would probably have, well, we'd have some horror movies on. In yeah. The, in oh, the yes. Yes, we oh, would yes. definitely have those. Absolutely. And then we'd have lots of dogs. Yeah. Yeah. The only other thing, actually, this is my house. You just okay. described my house, so... <laughs> Which is, which is why I stay home a lot. The only other thing is if I were to go to a physical office, because I, you know, I have my eye candy here, Norm. Well, but of course. if there were in the physical office, if I need a hot UPS dude, I need a hot delivery guy. Listen, Kevin, I know his face is going, what? 
I'm telling you, <laughs> when you work in a dental office, ladies out there and men too, you guys know what I'm talking about. When your delivery person is hot, your day gets better. I'm not even kidding, Kevin. Ask around because I'm telling you, when the UPS dude is smoking, packages get really happy. It's a happy time. I hate it. <laughs> and I know that there's people out there going, she's right. She's right. Maybe the dealer reps need to be hearing this as well. I'm just saying. Listen, the dealer reps need to be taking testosterone on a regular basis, working out. They don't need to do leg day, but, you know, little shoulders. Can't see the legs in the pants, but little shoulders, little, maybe a couple neck muscle exercises. And girls, y'all look good already. The pharmaceutical and dealer industry is known for hiring really good looking girls. That was bad, wasn't it? It, it probably was. You know, you think I should I edit that part? I don't know. Uh, maybe I'll leave that in. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not in an office anymore, so I don't care. You're just speaking the truth. My mailman is nothing, so I'm sad. I'm sad. Not even worth looking out the window. We just lost the whole post office crowd that listens to us. Amazing. They just they just clicked off. Yeah, they're fine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm missing anything there. So, uh, But there is science behind that, and I know that you and I could talk about this. There's a lot of medical and dental companies that like putting their pretty people in the booths at the meetings. That's a whole thing oh, we can talk about. This is one thing I will miss tremendously about IDS. I'm just going to tell you. <laughs> Germany was always a fine showcase. For people that don't know, Kevin has spotted stripper poles at IDS. Oh, absolutely. In Europe, it is a fantastic dental meeting. Amazing. I'm just going to tell you. And not stripper Polish people. Actual stripper poles. You know, they might be stri stripper poles on the stripper poles. I don't know. Oh, it's very possible. <laughs> We're going to wrap this up, but can I tell you one funny thing? Of course you can. So there's a boss of mine that I won't name because I'm sure people are going to be like, you should file a suit against him, but it's, it's all good. One of the early jobs I had, the person was good friends with the owner of a strip club. It was really no big deal. We went to lunch at the strip club every now and then because, Kevin, I don't know if you know this, but strip clubs are known for having actually really good steaks. Did you know that? I've heard of the legs and eggs buffets. Absolutely. So, yes, absolutely. For some reason, a steak, a, a nicely priced steak and strippers is a formula that, that works. But anyways, we were eating lunch and watching whatever. And, you know, when it's not lunchtime and dinner time, it's off hours, which is when the strippers actually practice. This girl was practicing on one of the poles that was on the top of the the ceiling, and uh, she fell on her head. Oh. She tried to spin, and she fell on her head, and I've never... Have you ever heard there's music playing, and all of a sudden you hear this, like, scratch? It just stops. Uh, yeah, absolutely. The whole place stopped. Oh, my God. My fork was on my way to my mouth. We stopped. The music stopped. The bar stopped pouring, whatever. And everybody at once went, are you okay? It was... Like a real bonding moment. But was she was she okay? I mean, she was slow getting up, but she fell on her head. Yeah. And, you know. Hopefully she didn't miss her shift. Wow. But did you know that there's talca, a box of powder cleverly concealed on the stages of most of these stripper places? I learned so much in my short time. There. See, if I say yes, it's incriminating. And if I say no, it could be a lie. So that's a tough call. Just say you watched a Discovery ID special. On a friend of mine said. There you go. <laughs> Do you hear Odie? Odie's moaning because he's like, this is the dumbest podcast you've ever recorded. I need to eat. Any other wrap-up stories? We've gone from alligators to strippers. I don't know how we could, I don't know where else to go here. It's been respectful communication. So thank you, Teresa. <laughs> and shout out to that stripper that fell on her head. She was, she made for a good story, even many years down the road. Thank you so much for indulging As in always. my, my stripper stories. and. uh 
Dear listeners, we always so much appreciate that you spend your time with us. And that's a wrap for this episode of Chew on This. We hope you laughed and learned a little. Check out the show notes for any links we mentioned. And don't forget to give us a rating on your podcast app. Feel free to drop us a comment on social media or by email if you have any suggestions for future topics. We'll be back in about two weeks. See you then.